You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. E-S-N-Y. <laughs> back how are we all doing episode 28 of the wide right podcast i'm your host ryan honey as always of elite sports new york and the elite sports radio network a lot to get to today a lot to get to on this episode uh, a lot that's occurred in and around the giants organization over the past week uh starting with a massive update on the deandre baker case massive um as we all know deandre baker giants corner uh was a part of an alleged incident at a May 13th uh, cookout in Florida. Um, He was charged with four counts of armed robbery with a firearm and four counts of aggravated assault also with a firearm. Seahawks corner Quentin Dunbar was additionally charged with four counts of armed robbery. Um, And via Pat Leonard of the New York Daily News, there is a, a recently surfaced warrant that basically implies that Baker was uh, involved in a payoff, okay, meaning that he was allegedly involved in paying off the four victims to recant, so they could recant their initial statements. Um, there's Instagram DMs that have been leaked. There's video evidence. Um, so basically, the victims, the four victims of the alleged incident have provided sworn statements that they were paid 55 grand total to recant their initial statements. Um, there's video evidence that shows a payoff allegedly occurring in Michael Greco's office, who's Qu- Michael Greco is Quentin Dunbar's lawyer. Um, this payoff allegedly occurred two days after the May 13th uh, cookout. So there's video evidence that shows them in the lobby, the um, the elevator, I believe, the hallway going into Greco's office. Um, it, there was something that went down, and one of the guys who I believe was present at the payoff was the well, the guy that they're saying was overseeing the payoff is Dominic Johnson. Dominic Johnson apparently is close with Baker, was at the um, cookout. He oversaw the payment between, uh, you know, with the victims, or the alleged victims, rather, and there was a leaked direct message on Instagram between Baker and Dominic Johnson. And Baker basically told him, yo, I'm in the city now, getting cash, how much to bring, question mark, question mark, I'm trying to get there to you ASAP, close quote. Um, so basically, this is implying that Baker was involved in some sort of pay- payoff, was getting cash to bring to an apparent payoff to you know, pay victims to recant their statements. Um, this isn't good. 
for Baker at all. This is not great whatsoever. I for for a while I thought, you know, there was people were coming forward and exonerating Baker. People were um you know, there were, well, first there was the the accusations, and then the charges, and then Baker turned himself in, and you know, you know, Baker turned himself in, was charged, and you know, then people came forward and tried to exonerate him, and I, you know, for a while I was going back and forth on it. I'm like, okay, maybe he he, you know, maybe he did it, maybe he di- maybe he did do it, maybe he didn't do it. You know, I was I was going back and forth on it, but now I think this is this is it. This is it. This is the bombshell evidence that turns the case wildly against Baker. Okay? This situation is now wildly against Baker because of this apparent evidence. This warrant with this video evidence and these apparent direct messages, this is horrible for Baker. I think it's done. I think it's I think his time in a Giants uniform is close to the end and team sources have told Pat Leonard of the Daily News that they believe his time with the Giants is near the end. So if the Giant if if the Giants are apparently nearing the end of their relationship with Baker, then it this is they have the same opinion on this as me. This is bad. This is not good for him. Okay? This is basically sort of you know outweighs anybody who's ma- trying to come forward to exonerate him because maybe they maybe he paid them too or tried to pay them as well you know it's and and you know what I found interesting is that his lawyer Baker's lawyers Patrick Patel Bradford Cohen of course they're claiming his innocence of course they're claiming he didn't pay anyone off um, per Paul Schwartz the New York Post uh, Patrick Patel said Quote, we wanted to flush them out to see what they were trying to do. We didn't go to the meeting. We didn't pay purposely. Talking about the messages that Baker sent, obviously. And then he goes, quote, we were with DeAndre telling him, write him, ask him, what does he want? What times does he want to meet? Meaning for Baker to write to Dominic Johnson. And then he also, uh, Patel also said, quote, we were the ones who controlled the narrative. Baker had no intention of ever going to the payoff. He was just trying to solicit the information of the blackmail from Dominic Johnson, close quote. But like, like yeah, like the, the lawyers are going to claim his innocence and claim that like they tried to like, I guess, manipulate the situation. Um, but the, the lawyers are going to say anything to maintain their client's innocence or quote unquote innocence. You know, that's their job. You know, if 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 a if a lawyer's client is up for murder and a video comes out showing him that he shot someone point blank and killed them, the lawyer's gonna say, "Ah, oh, that's not him." You know, all oh, my client's innocent. That that's the job, is to claim, is to continue to claim the innocence of their client. So, but Patrick Patel and Bradford Go- Bradford Cohen are going to come out and say. You know, oh, my client still innocent. DeAndre didn't do this. He didn't do that. He didn't go to the meeting. He didn't try to get involved. He didn't, you know, he was trying to, we were trying to manipulate the situation. They're going to say that. But at the end of the day, facts don't care about feelings. And uh, it's, I think it's, I think this this is very much near the end for the uh, young cornerback out of the University of Georgia. Yeah, it's, you know, it just want, what a fall from grace, too, this would be. What a fall from grace. You know, in April 2019, you have a team give up three draft picks as a rebuilding organization, mind you, to trade up 
to draft you. Do you know how big of a compliment that is for a rebuilding franchise to give up three draft picks to get back into the first round to take you when other teams passed on you because of your apparent character issues in college? And then a year later, you could be out of the league. A little bit over a year later, you could be out of the league. And potentially, eventually in prison, possibly. It's what a fall from grace. It doesn't matter if he didn't play well his rookie year. It's still a fall from grace. You know, what he was, the spot he was in April 2019 to now July 2020. It's just, what an absolute fall from grace. Maybe things will work out, but I don't. I think there, that's a very slim chance right now. You know, I, th- I, with the Giants coming out and saying, or, or not the Giants, ex, ex, not the Giants, um, specifically, but team sources telling Pat Leonard of the Daily News that he was basically going to, he's going to near, he's nearing the end of his tenure with the team. I think that's. That's big news. If team sources are saying that, reportedly, I think that's big news. Um, all right, moving on. We have we now have the second legal situation involving the Giants this off season, because uh, that's just fantastic. Um, Algic Rosas, as we know, as Giant fans know, was involved in a hit and run last month in Chico, California. Uh, was allegedly driving erratically at around 100 miles per hour when he slammed into the side of another vehicle in an intersection. He then tried to drive off, but when his car broke down, he continued on foot. Police later found him at the crash site with bloody hands, legs, and bare feet, took him for a medical evaluation before booking him into the Butte County Jail. And now, also according to Pat Leonard of the New York Daily News, Pat has had a busy week the last, you know, this past week, uh, Rosas has been officially charged with three misdemeanors. The first being reckless driving on a highway, the second hit and run property damage, and the third driving with a suspended license, which his suspended license stems from his 2016 DUI arrest. Um, so now that we have the official charges, so we set the appear in court September 4th, which is about, which is 10 days before the Giants regular season opener. Um, this could lead to the Giants ultimately releasing him, I think. I mean, he's only what if they release him so they don't have this headache within the organization, or you know, just headache on them at, right now. It, it, it wouldn't be a horrible idea just to release him. I mean, he's only set to make three point about three point two six million dollars this year on a one year deal, and he regressed last season after making the Pro Bowl and the APL Pro Second Team in twenty eighteen. And last season he was not good at all. I mean, 70.6% of his field goals were made, I believe. I think that was the percentage that, that it was. I mean, I, I think when you look at, you know, when you take free agency free agency into consideration, they could find someone. They could find a couple of guys, work them all out in, you know, training camp preseason, and figure out the best one. You know, if they, if they feel like this situation... And this trio of misdemeanors he's now facing. And he's got to go to court right before the season starts. The regular season starts. And who knows how that is going to go. Who knows what his fate will be inside the courtroom. Then I just... Maybe it's best to get rid of him. Now, I don't think it may not be that easy. 
just to get rid of him. Um, you know, I know for the I know with the Baker situation, it's not that easy because he would go on the commissioner's exempt list first, and I think you know there's it's just not that easy. But you know, if they can, if the Giants can just release Rosas, I'd say do it. I mean, you know, you don't need this headache right now with the DeAndre Baker situation and, you know, the times we're living in right now with this, the COVID situation and, you know, all the all the things you got to do for training camp as far as, you know, the league requirements in regards to the virus and all that. You know, it's, this is a stressful time for NFL teams. And right now the Giants don't need another headache, aka Alger Grossos right now. They could just release him. You know, he wasn't that great last year. Yeah, he made the Pro Bowl in the All-Pro team in 2018, but who's to say who's to say that's going to be, you know, him again? Who's to say that wasn't like a one-time thing? You know, I, I if if they can if they feel the need to, you know, get rid of him, get rid of him. It's it's a situation they don't need to be a part of right now. With the Baker situation and COVID and all this, you know, the season's about to start even though no one knows how it's Gonna, you know, no one knows how it's gonna play out with the virus. It's just, it's not another headache they need right now. They have too many. They have too many headaches as an organization. It's um, it, it, it if they can release Rosas, it wouldn't be the worst idea. I don't think. You know, there's there's too many negatives as of recently. You know, the bad season, um, this situation. You know, and, and, you know, tie that in with the fact that they can get a couple guys out of free agency to compete for the starting kicker job in training camp and the preseason. It's just a lot of things will lead. A lot of things could lead to the fact that releasing Rosas may be the better way. You know, better way to go if they can just release him again. I don't know the specifics as far as like if he would just if you know the the Baker situation is a little bit different, um, but. You know, also the Baker situation, they don't want to jump to any conclusion without, you know, things officially becoming bad. You know, right now we just think it's really going to be bad. But who's to say, you know, maybe they are right. Maybe they, maybe they, you know, maybe he is innocent. But I think the Giants want to wait until they get a confirmation of what his fate is before they release him. I'm talking about Baker because he's a first rounder and there was a big investment to get him. But with Rosas, I mean, it was, you know, they didn't, they, they didn't, they didn't draft him. And he's he's a three point two six million dollar contract this year. It's not like, you know, and it's a one year deal. He was a restricted free agent this off season. It's a one year deal. So, maybe they part ways with him. Maybe they don't. And I I, I know I always say this, and I and I know some people don't like my opinion about this. People did not like me for my opinion about Dave Gettleman when it came to the when when it came to the DeAndre Baker legal situation. But this is another blow. These two stories that I just told the the DeAndre Baker and now the Alger Grossas situations is these are it's just more bad looks for Dave Gettleman. You know, some say he's had a good off season, and he did during the draft, and he did a little bit during free agency. You know, they, he got the, the the tackle they needed for the future in in the draft, and Andrew Thomas. They got you know he was able to acquire a new number one corner and James Bradbury and Blake Martinez should be exciting to watch. And you know, it's in the draft he he got you know Xavier McKinney somehow dropped to the Giants. He got him like he's had he had a good draft in free agency, but these two legal situations are very, very bad looks for him. He traded up to draft Baker last year, and then he just resigned. Uh, he just brought back Rosas this offseason. And, uh, you know, when when he 
when you're a guy, when you're a general manager who constantly talks about culture, 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 then when two of your players are in these types of situations, your culture-related statements lose credibility. That's how it works. It's a bad look for Gettleman. You know, in 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 an off season ahead of a regular season where he can't afford any of them. He can't afford any bad looks. You know, so it's 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 not a good look for him. I I'm sorry. It's just it's it's a tough situation to be a part of as the Giants and Dave Gettleman just individually. But and then moving on our final topic of this episode number 28. Another bad look for Gettleman with this one too. The Leonard Williams situation. Who Leonard Williams, who they gave up multiple picks to the Jets for last year. The Giants didn't come to a long-term deal with him this past Wednesday, which was the deadline to do so with franchise-tagged players. The Giants, of course, franchise-tagged Leonard Williams back in March. Um, Ian Rappaport of NFL Network reports the Giants plan to play out the one-year franchise tag, which makes the trade for him that much worse. You know, I've said this. I, I, I've I've talked about this. I've written about this. I've appeared on other people's podcasts and talked about this. You know, or just one pot, just a one podcast rather. Danny Small's podcast, Small Bar Radio. Go listen to it now on Spotify. Um, and I talked about this. It just this this latest news on Leonard Williams just makes the trade that much worse. Why would you give up two picks as a rebuilding franchise unless you were going to acquire a player that was to be in the fold for the long haul? The Giants need one and a half years to evaluate whether the man they acquired for two draft picks in a trade with their crosstown rivals is worth it. If they don't keep him around for the long term, that's an issue. That is a major issue. If they don't keep him around for the long haul, if they don't sign him next offseason to a long-term deal, then we know the trade was pointless. Right now, we just have thoughts and opinions that the trade was pointless. If they don't sign him to a long-term deal by next offseason, then we know for a fact and have confirmation that the deal with the Jets right before the deadline last October was pointless. You know, and that we, we need, they need a year and a half a year and a half to evaluate this? They couldn't come to a deal with him? And now we're going to have another year of, you know, oh, is Leonard Williams going to stick around? Is this trade going to end up becoming worth it? Because right now we still don't have that answer. Right now we think it's not worth it. Right now we're, we're still, Giants fans are still, you know, troubled by the fact that Dave Gettleman pulled this move off in the first place. And the only way fans will get any sort of satisfaction with the deal is if Leonard sticks around for the long term and ends up becoming a huge part of this defense and a huge part of this rebuild moving forward. But if he is gone after a year and a, if he's gone by next offseason and gone after a year and a half, that is a it'll go down as arguably the worst move Gettleman made in his tenure as a Giants GM. Regardless of if he's the one that even, that's even going to re-sign him next year. Who knows? Gettleman could be fired after this year. Could be fired mid-year. Who knows? 
But regardless of Gettleman is around by next offseason to re-sign him or not, it's still going to go down as arguably the... It, it could still go down as arguably the worst move he's he made as Giants GM. They have to re-sign him next offseason. It's apparent. It's evident. Two picks for a year and a half of an average defensive lineman is an awful move, especially as a rebuilding team. But if he is here for the long term, and the Giants can, if he can be a big part of this rebuild and this defense, then it'll it'll be, you know, the move will sit, it start to sit well with Giants fans and writers and, you know, podcasters and Giants reporters and everything. It's if he can, if if Leonard Williams stays for the long term, past this season, uh, and he impresses and he's a big part of the team. That's the. I think that's the only way this trade will end up sitting well with Giants fans. Anything other than that, it'll go down as a waste. So if you want to go down the one path that'll make this trade a good move, it starts with re-signing him, and it has to be done next off season. Because apparently it wasn't done this offseason. And they had all offseason to come to you know come to terms and they didn't. Either they didn't or they decided from the beginning, you know, it, it, that they their main goal was to play out the franchise tag. But then why would that be their main goal? What if he plays out the franchise tag, decides he wants to leave? You gotta you know, in this situation, with fans, you know, criticizing, you know, Gettleman in the front office and the organization for making this move. You gotta, you gotta cut to the chase with this type, with these types of things. You can't just wait out and say like, "Oh, maybe if Leonard Williams is fits well in this new." S-. No, you gave up two picks for them. You gave up two picks. You um, gave a pair of picks to your cross-town rivals for this guy. You have to keep him in the long-term fold, and that has to be done as early as possible. You can't wait. If he plays out this year, if he plays out the one-year franchise tag this year, and decides he wants to bounce then that's an issue. That's a problem. That move should have been made this offseason. That long-term extension should have been made this offseason. And the fact that it wasn't is another... It's a bad look on Dave Gunnelman. And it could become worse if it's if he's not re-signed eventually. Or if he's not you know extended eventually. Yeah, it's just it's it's another bad look for Gettleman in an off season where he can't afford a single one. And somehow he has multiple, despite the fact that people are saying he's had a good off season. And I think he's had a good off season with the draft and free agency. But with these two legal situations and the Leonard Williams situation, I think a lot of negatives outweigh the positives. And I think it's it's not looking great for him at the moment. Um, but. With that, I want to thank you all for tuning in. Uh, episode 28 of the Wide Right Podcast. Um, hopefully, I, I I still am a little pessimistic about the season. I don't know if it'll if it will occur in full. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't know if it will if it will occur in full. I definitely don't believe it will happen as planned. Like obviously, they already cut the preseason in half. And they, uh, you know, they're planning on the week one games are going to start, what is it, September 10th, I believe, Thursday, that Thursday night. And then it's going to go, obviously, 17 weeks, as it always does, until, you know, this 
late December, early January, then playoffs and Super Bowl. I don't think it's gonna, you know, occur as it's planned right now. There's good. There's definitely gonna be amid this virus, this you know, this worldwide tragedy. It's I think there's gonna be numerous alterations to the uh, schedule and the season as a whole. Some of them will be significant, I believe. Um, but hopefully, you know. Hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully the season does occur in full because I am waiting for games. Just I I am, I'm hyped for games to start up again. Uh, whether it's just even if it's just preseason, even though I think the preseason will be cut in full, will be cut out as a whole eventually. You know, right now it's just two games. I think it'll go down to zero eventually, uh, possibly. Um, but if there are two preseason, if there are two preseason games, I'm looking forward to that because it's it's football. I'll take any football. On, I'll take any sports on TV right now. I, I'm going nuts. I, I I'll take any sports. You know, sports that I watch. I, I I don't. You know, I'm not into. I don't really watch soccer that much, or you know, baseball overseas or anything like that. But you know, MLB. I, I'm hyped for, and uh, I'm hyped for the NBA to come back. And I'm hoping there's we see some giant games, whether they're exhibition or regular season. You know, as when they're originally supposed to play, you know, when they're, when the NFL plans to have them, I hope that's when, you know, they have them, so, because that would make it as soon as possible, because I'm looking, I'm looking forward to talking about games with you guys again, you know, it's been a long time since I talked about a Giants game, it's been about six months, seven months, I think, or, yeah, about six months since I really talked about a Giants game with you on this podcast, so I'm looking forward to doing that again, but, Without further ado, my name is Ryan Honey. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, follow me on Twitter at Ryan Honey at E. Excuse me, at Ryan Honey E S N Y. That's at Ryan Honey E S N Y. And I'll talk to you guys soon.